This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah and welcome to Life Beats on Pulse95. Today we meet Australian holistic health coach and author of nine, yes, nine best-selling cookbooks, Lee Holmes. Lee was here for interactive cooking workshops at the Sharjah International Book Fair and I caught up with her to talk the surprising relationship between our gut and our overall health and what she found were the foods that are essential to supercharging your health. Hear her story and her insights next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Many of us are so busy every single day that we don't pay attention to our health the way that we should, particularly when it comes to what we eat. Holistic health coach, yoga teacher, whole foods chef and best-selling author of the Supercharged Food series, Lee Holmes was in the same boat until serious health issues forced her to completely overhaul her diet and look for the foods that would, as she says, supercharge her health. From there, she created a whole new way of eating and wrote nine best-selling cookbooks, including Eat Your Way to Good Health, Eat Yourself Beautiful, Eat Clean, Green and Vegetarian, Supercharge Your Gut and Supercharged Food for Kids. I sat down with her and began by asking her about the health concerns that made her start focusing on supercharged foods in the first place. So Lee Holmes, what an absolute pleasure it is to have you in Sharjah. Thank you so much for having me. I love being back here. This is my second trip to Sharjah and I absolutely love love the place. So fantastic. I mean, you know, you are here as part of the Sharjah International Book Fair. Um, you've written so many books all about nutrition, uh, what we should be eating, supercharged foods, the whole lot. We're going to go through that. But I want to know where it all started for you. I believe that, that you suffer from fibromyalgia. Yeah, yeah, I do. Actually, it started for me probably about nine years ago now. I was working at the ABC in Sydney, which is like the TV network, and I woke up one day and I literally could not get out of bed and I had no idea what was wrong with me. I started to lose a lot of weight, so I went down from a healthy, you know, 58 kilos down to about 42 kilos in the space of six weeks. My hair started to fall out. I was covered in hives. I don't know if you've ever had hives before, but they're super itchy and and it's like a rash that you just get all over you. I look like the elephant woman, basically. It wasn't attractive. And from there, I went to a doctor and I went through what I found to be at the time quite a complex medical system because I was just... I was sent to so many different specialists and doctors and they couldn't really tell me exactly what was wrong but they said I had a non-specific autoimmune disease of which there are hundreds and I knew nothing about autoimmune Um, they said they've since said it's Crohn's and fibromyalgia which is an arthritic type thing where you wake up and you feel like an 80 year old woman because your your muscles are really sore and achy and you're stiff you know when you get out of bed is it just sudden or was it like slowly onset It, it was sort of 
sudden, actually. And from there, I was put on this cocktail of drugs, so 20 different pills every day. Anything from immunosuppressants, anti-inflammatories, antibiotics, steroids, really high-dose steroids. I blew up like the Michelin man. It was really not cool. And um, I said to my doctor, do you think it has anything to do with food? Because I do notice when I do have certain things, my hives flare up, my tummy starts to hurt, I start to not feel good, I'm tired after eating. And they said nothing to do with diet whatsoever. Just keep on eating the hospital food, which I don't know about in Emirates, but the food in Sydney hospitals are pretty bad. It's pretty hideous. I, I, I haven't tasted it here, but yes, Sydney for hospital food is awful. It's like everything on your plate is white. It was like, you know, two pieces of stale white bread, some plastic cheese. It was not good food. Anyway, apart from that, so I said to the doctor, do you think if I change my diet a little bit, if I do start to feel better from these symptoms, can I wean myself slowly off the medication? And they said, absolutely, that's fine. You can do whatever you like. That's no problem. And we kind of worked together on that. So what I did was I started to really simplify my diet. And because I had a quite a busy job at the ABC, I was eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of things with MSG, chemicals and additives in them. And I feel like they were the main things that really made my tummy, you know, go in knots and, and feel really sick after eating and really tired. And so I started to clean up my diet slightly. So I created a few simple recipes just with everyday ingredients from this local supermarket. And I started to do more things around gut health. And I started to really look after my gut and have more digestible foods. So that was mostly cooked. I took raw food out of my diet for a period of time and that really helped with any of the, the gut issues that I was having. You took raw food out. Yeah, I took often raw food out. Because oftentimes we get told, yeah. you know, you should be eating more raw food. We do. and But for people with autoimmune and very sensitive digestive systems, having pre-digested foods or foods that are cooked or blended or made into smoothies or soups or slow-cooked, like a lot of the beautiful food here, um... I found that that was really alleviating on the digestive system. So that really, really helped me. And so I started creating these little recipes, put them up on a tiny blog. I think blogging had just started back then and Facebook had this just was started. Like, this was like nine years ago now, quite a, quite a while ago. Started this little blog and really it was just to share my recipes with family and friends. Because they were saying, wow, you look amazing. You've put the weight back on a little bit. Your hair's growing back because I lost a lot of hair. You're looking, your skin's looking good. Your eyes are brighter. What are you doing? I said, I'm just cook, cooking more naturally, more natural kind of foods and simple foods with lots of different herbs and spices. So um, I put them up on the blog and then it was amazing actually because people from all over the world contacted me. I don't know how they found me, but I think it's through social media, but they said to me, that was my story. That actually happened to me. And I started meeting through online and, you know, emails and things like that people from all over the world who had suffered the same problems as me and it was it was actually really nice to build this community of people who were very like-minded and who had been through the same thing because when you're going through something like that you feel really alone and you don't know who to turn to and I was going online and there was so much conflicting advice and it was really complicated so and then yeah. like the funny thing is you feel alone but actually most people are going through the same experience yeah they've got a fast-paced job yeah they've got a family mm. it's hard to keep up it's hard to cook at home and then you end up feeling so tired because you're constantly eating out or grabbing something quick that is 
got a ton of preservatives or whatever it is. So everyone's actually going through the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And it was really nice because I found that they would inspire me and I would inspire them, but they they more would inspire me. And so I started creating these little recipes, put them up on the blog. And from there, I wrote my first book called Supercharged Food, Eat Your Way to Good Health. And I did notice in terms of some of the ingredients and that kind of thing that instead of a lot of those anti-inflammatories, I was having more turmeric in my diet. And that was kind of making me feel better to having the turmeric this was like rather than the ago. side effects yeah 10 years ago rather than the side effects of the medication which were the side effects were worse than the actual symptoms of the autoimmune problem you know from all the medications so i think medications are really good and especially obviously the life-saving ones but if you're taking medications long term just to abate symptoms then looking at a more natural approach can really help as well even if you're on medication you can still um, help those symptoms by going a little bit more natural and that's kind of what I did and so I was also eating things like more garlic in my recipes and that was instead of the antibiotics so I found natural alternatives put them into recipes and simple recipes and tasty recipes and um, that's kind of how it started. Coming up next, I ask Lee about those foods that can supercharge your health, which you probably already have in your fridge or pantry. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse 95. I'm chatting with Aussie holistic health coach Lee Holmes as she shares with me the supercharged foods that can transform your health, as well as the surprising relationship between your gut and your brain. It's so funny, you know, you talk about turmeric because now it's the food. It's like the biggest trend. They put it in lattes, they put it in everything. And yet here you were 10 years ago going, turmeric is Yeah. You know, you discovered it before it was trendy. We're just always seeing these food trends. But actually there's a lot, you know, I know that you are half Indian. You know, there's a lot in our traditional foods, both Mm. from India, from the Middle East. Yeah, absolutely. These spices that actually are so powerful. Absolutely. I actually went to Dubai yesterday and I went to to a place called Somewhere and had a saffron and cardamom tea, which was so delicious. And in my book, Supercharge Your Gut, I talk about a lot of those spices and, and cumin, which is an amazing spice for the gut. Um, there's so many different ones and you can just look to your own spice cupboard for medicinal remedies and create them in beautiful recipes and simple recipes that yeah I think I think it's really fun and I actually love the food here I have to say I'm a little addicted to the hummus and (laughs) I do love the food and I love the way that you guys cook with so many beautiful spices isn't that one of the supercharged foods Chickpeas and yeah. hummus, right? Yeah, yeah, hummus is right up there. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, why is it so amazing? Tell us more about like how you discovered what the supercharged foods were, and you know what, like how did you put them together into your book? Yeah, so the supercharged foods really are everyday ingredients that you can either you know grow yourself or get from your supermarket. It's nothing like that's super expensive. It's not the superfoods that you have to trek to the wilds of the Congo to find. Because that that's are very super confusing. expensive. It a is. lot of people kind of go, oh, you know, there are these superfoods and yeah. it's some weird exotic yeah. God knows what. That you, you know, can't some- pronounce. <laughs> like um, 
I don't even know what they are. I can't pronounce them. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so for me, it was all about simplicity and and scaling back mm-hmm. and just doing simple things. So some of the foods that I really love and put into my recipes, obviously turmeric is one of them, but there are other ones like just your everyday veg, like cauliflower like zucchini like zucchini noodles you can make cauliflower pizzas these days there are so many ways that you can use vegetables these days and back nine years ago i was making cauliflower pizzas and now they've blown up the internet you know and the zucchini noodles (laughs) it's all over pinterest (laughs) and instagram and the smoothie bowls i was just doing those because they were easy for me to digest rather than having lots of raw kind of ingredients that i had to chew my way through and get tummy ache afterwards and so yeah there's some of the ingredients i love what else do i love i love to use spices so obviously um i like cardamom as a spice just i make this drink called an anti-inflammatory toddy and i have it like most nights it's beautiful just a bit of coconut milk i put some cinnamon in there some nutmeg a bit of cardamom a little bit of black pepper and turmeric of course and it makes a beautiful drink so i do things like that like i drink a lot of my spices as well love that and then in terms of food it's very similar to emirati cuisine actually so just using a lot of spices a little bit of meat lots of veggies um and fresh if i can yeah i I feel like a big trend right now is going vegan yeah do you have to go vegan to kind of feel the health effects do you think or what is it about how do you kind of structure the way you eat I think, um, personally speaking, um, I actually ran a summit last year called the Supercharge Your Gut Summit online, and it was a free summit. I interviewed doctors from all over the world and scientists and professors all about gut health and what was the best diet. They said to me, they disagreed on so many things, but there were three main things that they all agreed on. And the first thing was eating the rainbow. So diversity, different colors. So if you can put as many different colors on your plate, that's really good. They all agreed that the Mediterranean style diet with good fats, good olive oil, those kinds of foods were really, really good as well. And they also agreed that one of the main, the worst things for gut health and health is stress. So the gut really is, you know, connected to your immune system, it's connected to your brain, it's connected to your hormones, your energy levels, your sleep. So that's why I think simple foods and really looking after the gut Mm. can help. That's interesting. I need to ask you about the gut. Like, you know, you did allude to it there, why the gut is so important, but um, we seem to be hearing more and more about it, that it's kind of like almost the control center for Mm. what else is going on yeah. in the body so yeah absolutely it's the epicenter to health so in my book supercharge your gut i really talk about all of those different areas that it connects with so it connects with your brain via the vagus nerve you have a nerve it's like a a, a nerve like a like a highway a super highway that goes from your brain to your gut and messages go up and down it every one message your brain sends to your gut your gut sends 10 back up which is amazing so what's really in charge of your thoughts your feelings and your mood is your gut the state of health of your gut you also have a second immune system that sits within your gut and about 80 percent of your immune tissue is located there so looking after your second immune system so that you don't get any foreign sort of substances or you know when you get bacterial infections or a cold and flu keeping your gut strong will really help help that help you to stop getting sick which is quite unbelievable too um it's connected to your hormones as well so 
through so many different processes, but your serotonin is actually manufactured about 90% of it's manufactured in your gut. So that's your happy hormone. Um, it's connected is that why, to... Is that a lot of people feel, uh, you know, those symptoms of depression yeah, as absolutely. well because their gut isn't right? Yeah, and there's a lot of new research out at the moment that is talking about the inflammation in the gut and its connection to mental health. So that's an area that a lot of doctors are studying at the moment, which I found find really interesting. I'm just like I'm just really astonished. What like the thing that you said about the brain and how it's sending a message and you got sending ten back. And I'm like, mm. I didn't even know this conversation was going on. Yeah, I spoke to one of the professors in America, Emron Mayer, who wrote a book called The Mind Gut Connection, which is a really interesting book. He told me that that this bacteria in your gut, you've got good and bad bacteria. They actually communicate with each other, the bad bacteria, by their own means of communication without you even being involved in the discussion. Isn't that crazy? So your gut bacteria almost outnumber you. I guess the way that I look at the gut is like an Amazonian rainforest. You have, you know, this ecosystem that's going on that you're not really aware of. And there's obviously, just simply speaking, there's good and bad bacteria. If you have an overgrowth of bad bacteria, that is where your system can go out a bit. That's where you can crave you know, lots of sugar, where you can get tired after eating, where you can get gas or bloating, constipation, those kinds of symptoms, they might be a sign that your bacteria is out of whack. And there are ways that you can eat and things that you can do to get that balance back up again. Coming up next, we get Lee's tips on how to transform your gut health for abundant energy, including a gut cleanser with prehistoric origins. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95, and I recently caught up with Lee Holmes, author of the Supercharged Food series of books at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Here she talks the difference between the importance of prebiotics and probiotics. Plus, she talks through the process of publishing her books. So really, looking after your gut, there's four kind of steps to it. The first step is about resting it with these foods that I spoke about, the the pre-digested foods, the cooked foods, foods that work for you. Um, The second thing is to really cleanse the body. I have a powder, which is a love your gut powder, which that helps to clean the gut. If you can imagine brushing your teeth and you have that plaque over your teeth, you have that all the way through your digestive system. And we carry around two to four kilos of it, every, every one of us. So cleaning that very gently with this food-based product can help you absorb more nutrients from your food. So you'll have more energy, which is quite amazing. There are other ways to sort of detox the body. It's actually called diatomaceous earth, which is a natural fossil shell flower. Yeah, it's quite quite incredible, actually. Where does a fossil shell flower come from? So it just fossil shell. It's the ground that remains of fossil shells. So it's a prehistoric um, kind of mineral. It's now it's now a mineral because it's fossilized. Right. So it's not really alive anymore. So it gently helps to smooth and clean the gut. Um, it's full of silica, so hair, skin, and nails, iron, calcium, those kinds of um, minerals, which are really good for you. Wow. So the first step was really resting the gut and then cleaning the gut. And the third step in that process of really looking after your gut is repopulating it. And that's where food comes in, where you eat things that really get that balance back again of the good bacteria so that you can feel really energized. And some of those foods that can really help 
back to the Amazonian rainforest. If you look at the soil, you've got colostrum, which is a supplement if you wanted to take to, for really good immune system gut health. That is a good one. You look at the trees in the forest, that's all your good bacteria. They actually die every 20 minutes, so you have to feed them. And the way to feed those... Every 20 minutes? Mm, your good bacteria die. So feeding those is through a process of eating things like prebiotic-rich foods. So there are, there are things like your sweet potato, your green beans, which I've seen a lot here. Great, there's great green beans here. We've in, got um, we've got in like Sharjah. the normal green beans, but we've also yeah. got the broad green beans yeah. as well. Yeah, they're really good. They're Amazing. really good. Um, things like asparagus, which I've eaten here as well. You've got great asparagus here. Asparagus. Um, there's onions, garlic, a great prebiotic foods. Sweet potato is another one. Pumpkin is another one. So they're foods that are going to feed the good bacteria in your gut. A lot of people are leaning towards the sort of keto and paleo diets, which are good, but they don't have a lot of those prebiotic-rich veggies, which I believe our system and our gut really needs to function properly and to have a healthy balance. And then the fourth part of healing the gut, interestingly, is looking at your stress levels. And, you know, as we were saying before, we're all very busy. We're working, you know, a lot of us working really hard or full time. We don't get time to we sort of grab our lunches and go. And so looking at ways, <laughs> I actually um, had to stop working, but I became a yoga and meditation teacher, went to India and studied Ayurvedic medicine. And um, now I kind of really try and put in more of a routine to have those moments during the day where you do stop, stop and take a breath because I think that's really important and that is very good for your gut health as well. So four simple things and it doesn't have to be difficult. You can do this really simply. For example, you can start the day with a smoothie bowl or a smoothie or something gentle on the gut. You can have a cooked meal for lunch, soup, those kinds of things are great, you know? Yeah, keeping it light. Yeah, just keep it simple. It's interesting because um, for, for gut health, we often hear about probiotics, but mm. you just talked about prebiotics. What's the difference and what's the role of probiotics? If at yeah, all? so the probiotics are actually the good bacteria in your gut. So the way to feed those and to get them robust and healthy communities of um, probiotics are foods like kimchi, sauerkraut, kombucha, fermented foods are really good. I don't know if you have a lot of those here, but um, I haven't noticed them so much. But It's it's kind of starting to emerge, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's still in specialty food stores, but yeah. I know that... Um, uh, there are some uh, chain stores uh, around the world that are starting to to introduce kombucha. Yeah, yogurt I've tasted actually it, here, but I don't like the taste of yeah. kombucha. I'm not a big fan of kombucha either, to be honest. <laughs> um, yogurt is a good one to help feed those colonies of good bacteria as well. So, if you look at probiotics, they're they're the good bacteria, and prebiotics feed. They are the food for good bacteria, so right. they feed them. Now so you've got to feed them. So. You don't want them to die every 20 minutes, so you've got to feed them. And that, in a nutshell, is kind of gut health 101. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's a, a great lesson in, in gut health. I want to ask you about how you wrote your books and developing your recipes. You said you had a lot of fun and you were like, you know, uh, Julia in, in Julia and Julia in, in the movie, you know, just cooking every single day. Your daughter was there. You know, what was that like writing your books? Yeah, so fun, actually. Um, but I want to be really honest with you. I was still working when I wrote my very first book. 
and um, I don't know it just kind of poured out of me and so uh, but I would work look after my daughter come home make dinner then I would write my book till like two in the morning then I would get up at six in the morning write again and then I would take my daughter to school and then I would go to work so it was like a really but I was just so passionate about it and I had so much that I wanted to say um, and get the information out there so um, that was kind of the process of writing the books but it's also a bit of a baptism of fire because I found a I found a publisher I found a few publishers that wanted to publish it and at the time there weren't that many gluten-free cookbooks and dairy and sugar-free cookbooks and um, I found a couple of publishers and they were really interested in it and then you start creating the recipe so I was in the kitchen at home making these recipes which I love and they were just what I ate anyway and my daughter shared them and I just kind of road tested them on my husband and, and the family and um, but when I got and when I put in my manuscript it's like you have to go into this big room and there's a line of people and they're all taste testing your recipes. So they're like, hmm, a little bit too much bicarb of soda in that. So it's like you have to kind of learn the process of publishing. And I, I, although I'd worked at ABC and I was kind of in the media, I never really knew so much in depth the process of publishing. So I've written nine books now, so I kind of know now, but it's it was a learning curve, learning, you know, all of the things about the deadlines and 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 the process of it and and what happened, but I'm amazed I got that you it. had all of these people who had to <laughs> taste up tasting. Yeah, so all the recipes are tested. So they come out of my kitchen. I love them, and then they have to be tested just to make sure, you know, because I'm one of those chefs that um, I like to throw things in, you know, and then just taste test and add a bit more lemon or a bit more. Yeah, you know, that's the proper um, way of cooking. <laughs> and so, that's yeah, how the so, Arabs cook as well. <laughs> really, that's yes. good. I, I love the flavors here. Um, there's, there's a, a saying in Arabic. It's called Eid al Hormizan. Yeah. So that the hand of the free person is the scale. So really? whatever you know, it's how you I feel. Love that. You know. Yeah. And when I see my mom or my mother-in-law cook, they don't wait. Like they don't measure anything. Yeah. It's just they know. Yeah. It's instinctive. Yeah. It's like people say to me, "Do you think cooking is a science or an art?" And in a way, I kind of I'm leaning more toward. I know it's science, but it's, I'm leaning more towards the art side of as well because I feel like sometimes you can cook one of your recipes and then the next day you cook it and it turns out differently. Yeah. Like. I don't know. It could for be. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I try and always put a bit of love into it as well, especially when I'm cooking for the fam or friends. Coming up next, Lee tells us what you need to remember if you're following a plant-based diet, plus how to get kids involved and loving healthy food. Yes, it is possible. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Best-selling Australian health coach Lee Holmes held kids' workshops recently at the Sharjah International Book Fair. And here she shares with me her tips for getting kids excited about healthy food and actually eating it. Yes, yeah, so I had to learn the process of books, which was in, very interesting, a steep learning curve, but really fun. And now, 
yeah, I'm up to my ninth book. I've got a kids' book as well, which I, I loved putting together. I've got a, I have got a How vegetarian did book. Did you have kids taste testing? Yeah, I had all the kids taste testing. <laughs> the reason I wrote my vegetarian book is because I would put, a, you know, my slow cook lamb recipes up, and I'd have all these vegetarians and vegans emailing me saying, "You're a really evil woman. You're putting up those slow cook lamb recipes. What are you doing?" <laughs> and um, the other thing I was going to say about the gut experts, they all agreed that a high plant-based diet is a really good diet. So, yes, if you are a vegan, just make sure you're getting your B12 and iron, which is really important. For me, I need a little bit of meat, and I do like the taste and flavor. I don't have a whole lot, but I have a little bit in moderation, and I do have a high sort of plant-based diet as well. And bone broth is a bone big, broth is big, a big thing. thing. Right? Is it big here? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, it's really big it's in It's the basis Sydney. of everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's so good for flavor as well. Like, I started doing it because I needed something really gentle on my tummy for the Crohn's, for the ulcerate. And I started like eight, nine years ago doing the bone broths and doing the gelatin and that kind of thing. And it's very soothing. It's really soothing for the lining of the gut. It helps rebuild that lining. And if you're having a really bad gut day, then it's one of the best foods. Yeah, amazing. But if you're vegetarian, there's some great veggie stocks you can make as well. So, yeah, either way. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you've got the flu, it's brilliant as yeah, well. Yeah, isn't Just- it? big bowl of you know chicken soup yeah i have a a really nice um recipe on my website superchargedfood.com and it's my turmeric chicken broth if you just google that um supercharged food turmeric chicken broth you'll find it it's a great recipe yum i'm just like going i need to go now um (laughs) so you know a lot of parents might be going oh but my child won't eat this they won't eat that you've Mm. written a kid's book so how do you get kids involved and loving this kind of food well it was funny actually because the last two days i've been at the Sharjah international book fair as you know and we did this smoothie bowl recipe it was so fun and all the it was the days where the all the boys came down the, the next day all the girls came down and we were all there making the smoothie bowl and it was so fun what was in it um so what we had was we had some berries and we had some avocado and some banana and a little bit of yogurt and a bit of coconut milk and a bit of honey actually and we whizzed it all up together. We put, we had our own little bowls, and then we were just decorating them. So we decorated them with berries, with muesli, with coconut, with Yum. flax seeds, with whatever. And we were all doing different designs and things like that. So that was super fun. And I think if you can get interactive with the kids, it's good. It doesn't have to be hard, like and you know, really difficult. Smoothie bowl is so simple to make. So just start slowly. I reckon just. Maybe go online, find some recipes you like, just simple recipes, and then, um, yeah, work with the kids and just just make a thing about it. And I also like in terms of kids eating and trying to get them to in the kids' book, um, I like to think of funny names for things like hairy sprouts. I've got like all of the zoo poo for like my little bliss balls. <laughs> <laughs> so just finding fun names for things um, is it. good as well. And just getting kids interactive in the whole experience. So maybe going shopping with you if you have time to take them shopping with you and, and them choosing the kind of things that they eat. I know I have noticed here a lot of the kids are into um, chips and soft drinks and things like that. Like I have noticed that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so difficult. Yeah, but... I think slowly, just introducing things. So once they got into the smoothie bowl, they actually really loved it. They all polished it off. And, yeah, it, and yeah they loved it. I think slowly, one ingredient at a time, just maybe introducing it into... Um, but I think cooking. it's also what you were talking about with the colour, you know, yeah. having the rainbow yeah. in each kind of dish and getting them involved in the kitchen and yeah. whizzing stuff up. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, it makes them 
take ownership of it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and the kids' book's really cute. It's called Supercharged Food for Kids, and kids actually like it as their own. So it's it's got cute illustrations and things in it. And, yeah, and so get it, get it, it so. for your kid. Yeah. And then they can be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do something with this. Cool, amazing. So for you, like you said, you've written nine books. What's next for you? I have a new book coming out in February called Supercharge Your Life, and that is really what we were talking about, getting back into the kitchen and more family-orientated cooking. And what is your food culture? Learning about your food culture and just going back to intrinsically the foods that you like to eat and falling in love with food again. What does that mean? What, like, what is your food culture? How yeah, do you answer I mean, that I think question? everybody has their own kind of food culture, don't you think? Like every nationality, they yeah. lean towards certain ingredients and in foods. And it's really about listening to your body. And I could sit here and tell you all the things that you should eat for a healthy gut, but some of those things may not work for you. So it's really just about really going inside and thinking, hmm, what do I actually feel like eating and, and how can I recreate this so simply and easily? Yeah, because if you don't love it to begin with, yeah. you're not gonna, it's not going to be sustainable yeah, in exactly. the long term. And I think risk too much restriction is not good either. So this book is all about getting away from the immortality complex that a lot of us have and trying to just live for the moment, enjoy food, and celebrate food, celebrate family, celebrate relationships. What's your daughter like? Did you get her into the whole healthy eating thing or, you know, what is she like now? It's so funny because she's working with me now, which is so exciting. She was studying philosophy at Sydney Uni and she's finished that. So now she's working with me and she's very creative. So she does a lot of like the food styling and the cooking. She's a much better cook than me. I went to cooking school and she's like a million times better cook than me. She's really good. So she does a lot of the cooking as well. She's kind of just naturally quite artistic and creative and good with things. And so she's really loving it. And I never pushed her into eating the way that I eat because I don't think that's, you know, kids should have a very balanced diet. Um, but she's kind of naturally just leaning towards more, more a more healthy sort of fresh, oh, fresh wow. diet. Yeah. Fabulous. Are you going to kind of like co-write a book together? That would be nice. Yeah. So the, the next book, Supercharge Your Life, she's on the cover and she's kind of helped me with a few things with it. So yeah, she's all over it. Beautiful. <laughs> name is. I love it. Big shout out to Tamsin, the beautiful Tamsin. Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really great to be back in Sharjah. I want to come back again in May, so hopefully I'll be back. Definitely. We can't wait to see you then. That was Holistic Health Coach and author Lee Holmes. If you missed any part of the discussion, it will be up on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts to listen back to, download, like and share. Coming up next, we listen back to one of our favourite shows, Pregnancy and Fitness with parkour coach Amal Murad. That's next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.